Health is everything. La salud lo es todo. Health is everything. Health is everything. La santé est tout. Health is everything. Purpose is one of those big ideas that we muse about in late night conversations and promptly put aside in the light of day. It's a concept that can feel a little daunting, but research points to the fact that boosting our sense of purpose is good for our health and well-being. Living purposely leads to more fulfilling relationships, better sleep, better sex, and even more rewarding and profitable careers. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Christine B. Whelan, Emory University's new purpose professor, for a podcast that will demystify and define the concept of purpose. Dr. Whelan will take you through the steps needed to create your own personal purpose statement, and she'll help us frame answers to practical and emotional obstacles you can anticipate facing on your path to purpose. Dr. Whelan brings her expertise as an author, professor, and speaker to the Emory campus. She's the author of Living on Purpose, a best-selling Audible original lecture series from The Great Courses, and The Big Picture, A Guide to Finding Your Purpose in Life, among other books. She's also a clinical professor in the Consumer Science Department of the School of Human Ecology at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where she is known as the Happy Professor. Health is everything. Thank you, Christine, for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. So you've been brought on by Emory to be the purpose professor, which suggests that purpose is something that is important for human beings. I mean, we all have a sense of what the word means colloquially, but since we're focused on purpose today for this podcast, talk to us about what do you mean when you when you talk to people about purpose? What are you saying? What is it? Well, first of all, the idea of purpose is really in the cultural zeitgeist these days. Right? It's something that we hear people talking about in the business community. We hear people talking about it at universities, and rightly so. But honestly, I don't know that people really have a good working definition of purpose. Some people say that, uh, that purpose is the why behind everything you do. And in the traditional academic definition of purpose, people would say that it's like your singular life aim, the one thing that you are set out to do in the world. And I got to tell you, that has always kind of freaked me out. The idea that there's only one thing that I'm supposed to do and I'm supposed to discover that. So especially since a lot of my work is with young adults who are really in that emerging time of adulthood when they're exploring possibilities, Rather than define purpose as sort of a one thing that you have to figure out, I really like to focus on the idea of a purpose mindset. And so I define purpose and a purpose mindset as the exploration of how you can use your gifts in keeping with your values to make a positive impact on the people and the causes that you care about most. So I'll say that again. So using your gifts in keeping with your values to make a positive impact on the people and ideas that you care about most. And what I like about that definition is that you can apply it in all sorts of ways and you can evolve it as you and your interests and your life evolve as well. Yeah. But of course, it suggests that you need to be able to recognize what your gifts are. So maybe we should talk about that a little bit. I think values people understand. And and something that you and I have discussed in other contexts is this idea that purpose is by nature pro-social. Because you just said it has to do with helping other people. 
And I think a lot of folks, uh, certainly in the modern world, would see purpose necessarily, perhaps as more selfish. Like, my purpose is to you know, become an investment banker because I want to have a house in the Hamptons. And I've sometimes heard you say that, that, that you wouldn't consider that a purpose. So why don't we talk about those issues a little bit? Right. So when I say that purpose by its very nature is pro-social, what I mean is that uh, your sense of purpose has to be greater than you. And so the idea of making a million dollars as an investment banker or having a house in the Hamptons, that's not a purpose. Those are goals. And so often we mix up goals and purpose. So a goal is the sort of the how to make it happen. And then a purpose is the why it matters. So for example, if, um, if you're wanting to make a million dollars, that's a goal. But then why do you want that? Perhaps you want it for your own security. Perhaps you want it for your family's security. All of a sudden now we're getting to something a little bit bigger than you, right? We're getting to your family and to your loved ones. Perhaps it's because you want to make a difference in the world and you want to help people in some way. And so thinking about that larger why is really important. When I talk to students often, they will tell me that their purpose is to be happy. And I love that uh, as an opening discussion because, interestingly enough, happiness is, uh, is not even on the list of values that I give out to students when having us sort of think about what the, the values are, the things that matter most to them in life. Because happiness is not a value in and of itself. It's a byproduct of living your values. And so if your purpose is to be happy, that's um, that's almost sort of circular. We we we're, the hope is that happiness and well being is sometimes the byproduct of living a life of purpose. But as we all know, life is not always happiness and sunshine and rainbows. And having a sense of purpose and the why behind what you do that actually helps you through the tough times and also helps you enjoy the happy times that much more. And of course, you know, people have known for centuries that that chasing happiness is sometimes a good way to have it go beyond your reach. That it sort of pops up sometimes mm-hmm. when you're trying to do something else. But let's say I want that big house in the happiness because I want to impress people and be a big shot and be more important than other people and, you know, get the best table at the restaurant and be a big deal. That's one of your goals. And that, I, I guess, is okay. Uh, and my bet is that that would be a goal that you would accomplish and then you would find fairly empty. And then you'd be asking, well, what next? And that question of what next is that question of what's bigger than me. And so this is where we often sort of get into the realm of questions of spirituality, of uh, a higher power, And there was this really fascinating poll that USA Today did in the late 1990s. And uh, and the poll said, if you could ask God or a supreme being one question, what would that question be? And they gave you a couple choices like, you know, will I have life after death or, um, um, you know, where is, you know, what am I going to accomplish? And the uh, the answer that most people chose was, what is my purpose in life? And that is the question that people would ask God or a supreme being. What is my purpose in life? Interesting. So let's just, we're talking about it. it. You know, is is having a purpose, you know, another way of just saying you're spiritual or religious? Is there, it, How does that work? So 
when you have a sense of purpose, it does not have to be something that is tied to any one religion or spirituality. In fact, what we find in, in the research is that folks who are religious and then folks who are not religious, they actually score equally high or equally low on, uh, on senses of purpose, on their individual sense of purpose. But when we talk about sort of that, uh, that greater why, for people who are religious, it often goes into a religious language. And, uh, and if, we, if we think about purpose, in a, in a real secular way, though, we can really think about purpose as thinking about others, about thinking about things greater than us as an individual. And yet, interestingly enough, it's a trap to only think about purpose in an other-centered way as well, because part of living a life of purpose and meaning is that balance of not just what Aristotle would call eudaimonic happiness, of, of the sort of greater um, a, a sort of greater and other focused happiness and a virtue-based happiness, but the idea of hedonic happiness as well, of having fun, of pleasure, of a life that is uh, also recharges you so that you can keep doing good in the world. That's interesting, but, but that doesn't contradict with the idea of chasing happiness, not really being a purpose, because you would say that that allowing yourself some happiness, some status, what? It allows you to feel good enough about your life in the world that you can look to others? Well, first of all, we're only human, right? So the idea, and, uh, and, and most of us are not saints in the, uh, in the full sort of altruistic sense of only thinking about others. So when we, when we think about what we're called to do, falling into the trap of saying, oh, I, I actually have to have a purpose that makes no money or that I'm only donating my services. I can't do anything for me. You're going to burn out. You're going to be unhappy. It's not going to go particularly well for you, right? So it's this balance of self-transcending and self-enhancing of me and of we. And so one of the things that I've always been really passionate about with young adults in particular is to say that you can have purpose and paycheck. And so when you think about your job, it's not only the altruistic professions that are purposeful. It is the professions where doing anything, uh, doing it well, thinking about others, being kind to others, those are purposeful things. Putting food on the table is a very purposeful act. Yeah, it's the primary act of, of humans across most of their evolution, right? Right. I mean, finding enough to eat was life or death. That was a main thing. And that is incredibly purposeful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So you can, you can run a business, you can do all sorts of things and have this sense of purpose. That's really interesting. And we certainly know from the, the literature, we'll talk, I'll ask you about research in a second, but, but that generally people that are happy are more likely to look outward toward other people. Right? This is a mm -hmm. broaden and build theory, right? That if you, if you have positive sort of internal emotions, you're more likely to be able to give more to other people. And interestingly enough, uh, people who have a sense of purpose are actually also more able to see challenges in a positive way. And that's one of my favorite bits of the, the research around purpose is, uh, is this idea that when, that when you are faced with a challenge, even quite literally a hill that you have to estimate whether you can climb or not, people who have a higher sense of purpose say, yeah, I can do that. I can summit that mountain, both literally and figuratively. And the way that the, the, when we think about purpose and happiness, 
the way that they're linked is that having a sense of purpose, having a sense of the why behind what you do, that leads to a sense of agency, the idea that you can do it. Mm -hmm. And when you do things and accomplish things, that also tends to lead to life satisfaction. So right. a sense of why it matters makes you more able to make it happen, make those goals happen, the how of it. Right, because the hill seems smaller. The hill seems smaller, and you seem like you are more able and larger than life to do it, right? And then when you do it, you get that boost of satisfaction, that self-efficacy that you've accomplished something. Right. And humans being so interconnected with each other, when you do things that benefit other people, uh, people feel so grateful that you get a, a sort of, this, I think, this very kind of ancient, evolved signal that you are doing well as a human being. You're doing what a human being is supposed to do. And that you're valued by your peers mm -hmm. in community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really, you know. So what else, to talk about, what else do we know about purpose? How is it measured? Um, what do we know about its association with health? Those sort of kind of let's dive into some nerdy stuff we <laughs> so when researchers explore the impact of purpose they start by asking how much purpose in life any individual respondent has and then they examine the correlation between that purpose score and a particular outcome so the two most commonly used scales are uh, carol riff's purpose in life scale um, and michael steger's meaning in life scale and they've each been validated to give a pretty good sense of someone's purpose. And so the higher you score, the more purpose that, uh, that you have in your life right now. And th those questions on those scales are questions like, I've discovered a satisfying purpose in life. So some pretty direct questions. Yeah. Um, or one of my favorites, which is, um, I am an active person in carrying out the plans I set for, forth for myself. Um, some people wander aimlessly through life, but I am not one of them. So some are in the positive, some are in the negative. Mm -hmm. um, but what? Uh, but then what researchers do is they take that purpose in life score, and then they can run cross tabs with other things and see whether a higher sense of purpose in life is correlated with uh, better health, with happiness, and better relationships. And what we find is that having a sense of purpose in life is correlated with all sorts of good things. So for example, you have better and less drama-filled relationships if you have a sense of purpose in life. You live longer. You have lower inflammation. You, you tend to take better care of yourself in terms of preventative medicine. You're more likely to get a flu shot or a mammogram. At the, there are all of these really positive things that we find when somebody has a sense of purpose. And in a sense, that kind of makes sense, right? Because if you have a sense of why you are alive, of why you are here, you want to take care of yourself. Uh, you are happier in your relationships. You want to do better. Yeah, you care more about the story. Are there, are there, are there ever any studies suggesting that purpose has downsides? So there are, there are studies that suggest that purpose doesn't necessarily uh, help depending on various different contexts. So for example, if, uh, if you're, you're uh, struggling, the sense of purpose may make you struggle longer than potentially is good for you. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, we have we have Viktor Frankl, who always has this uh, this idea that that, that it, it is a sense of purpose in life that keeps you alive in really difficult situations. Right. That sense of purpose uh, can also keep you focused on something that 
may not even be necessarily something that you know you should continue to put energy toward. Yeah. So if you're if you're too fixated on one sort of type of, of outcome or purpose or something like mm-hmm. that, I, I you know and as you know I'm a doctor and I see this with young people that want to go to medical school right where they become obsessed with wanting to become doctors even though they don't really understand what being a doctor is and I've known some of those people over the years that when they actually finally succeeded they were very disillusioned afterwards right because the the you'd say that's a goal mm-hmm. but and but but if we think about it as sort of a stand-in for purpose it's an example of something where had they been maybe more open-minded or or, or, or had a broader perspective on that even that target Mm-hmm. They might have been happier in life, right? They might have been happier as a as a scientist or as a you know administrator or something like that. Well, potentially, if they were going into medicine because they wanted to help people feel better and um, and live better lives, then yes, they could see that as the the tree, right? Is that and uh, and that that there are many branches, there are many ways that you can help people live better and feel better, right? And uh, and so. If their goal was to be uh, to get that MD degree, then yeah. their purpose is going to be a whole lot bigger than that. Right, uh, and this is something I've heard you talk about. Where it, it, colloquially, if you ask folks that are in college and they're killing themselves to you know mm-hmm. get a good grade in organic chemistry, they would say they're they 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 would say it's my goal to get into medical school, but they would also say my purpose in life is to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they would say that mm-hmm. to which you'd say that you're mixing up a goal and a purpose that would. Right. I mean, that the maybe. So this is where I really like this idea of breaking it down into the, the parts of that purpose mindset definition. So thinking about using your gifts in keeping with your values to make a positive impact on the people and causes that matter most. So what are you good at? What are your gifts? And this is a really interesting and challenging question Mm. for a lot of people. Sure is. If you can sort of begin to sort of wrestle with that, then the next question is, what are your core values? Now, this one is the one that really undoes a lot of people because we mix up the shoulds with the values, the things that we think we should find important and we should base our life on and our and spend our time and energy doing versus the things that we actually care about. Mm-hmm. And then the easier question usually is who do you want to benefit? Who do you want to positively impact when it comes to you know your energies and your time? That we've usually been sort of socially programmed uh, into into coming up with some answers for that, but we still need to check with the shoulds versus the values Well, I was going to say, that. I think that's a place where you really should check it, right? Because, you know, it, 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 it's it's not particularly socially acceptable to say, uh, who do I want to impact? Me. Me. I want to impact me, man. You know, it's about me, man. What can I tell you? You know. Uh, a lot of students do, though. Uh, I Absolutely. And, I, <laughs> and, and as you know, I've argued in classes that that, that is a limited but age-appropriate way, right? That sometimes the larger vision, mm-hmm. you know, young people will give lip service to a larger vision that in their heart and souls is 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 perhaps not fully entrenched, mm-hmm. you know? And so I also think that's another one where mm-hmm. trying to understand what you honestly want is really useful. And then, you know, when I originally thought about purpose, I would do this purpose statement exercise with folks where I would ask them to come up with three strengths 
uh, three core values, three impact groups, uh, and and then put it together in a Mad Libs sentence. Mm -hmm. And the way I structured the sentence was because I value, and then you would just insert your values, I will use my gifts for, and then you insert your gifts to positively impact, and then you insert the people and the groups that you want to impact. And for years, I kind of ended the purpose statement there because I thought, all right, well, it's the definition of purpose and you got all the the pieces. Now go forth and live purposefully. But (laughs) of course, life happens, right? And, uh, And then if you think about the idea that, you know, you're gonna get tripped up along the way. So what are the fears and anxieties that are gonna come up when you try to make a change in your life? What are the barriers that are there that are going to potentially trip you up on this path to purpose. And so I I then realized that we kind of needed to add another sentence to this purpose statement exercise that not only acknowledged the fears and anxieties and the potential barriers, but then had people make purpose-based commitments or translation, set goals to actually live out their purpose. So if the first part of the the sentence uh, was all uh, sort of the big picture idea of using your gifts in keeping with your values to make a positive impact. Then the second sentence was about acknowledging the fears and anxieties and really listing three top fears and anxieties that might get in the way and yet still making purpose-based commitments to and then people had to actually list three goals, three specific measurable things that they were gonna do to make that purpose actionable. Interesting. So can you put for us, can you put together the purpose statement as it now exists? Yes. Okay. So because I value, and then you insert your three values, I will use my gifts for, you insert your three gifts to positively impact, and you put in those impact groups. And then you can write a little beginning of a sentence that says, embracing or acknowledging my fears and anxieties about and then you list those fears and anxieties. And by the way, we all have them. And uh, you might not necessarily want to show this list to anybody, but be honest because those are the things that are going to trip you up. I still today make purpose-based commitments to, mm-hmm. and then you put in the specific things that you're going to do. And actually it's that last part where you actually have to put it into action that is often the hardest for people because then it's that great, you know, I'm not going to talk about this as a pie in the sky thing. Yeah. I'm going to actually do this. But that's really important because purpose is a verb. It's not a noun. It's about living on purpose and it's about something that you're going to do every day, not just make a statement about and put it in a drawer. Right. That's the hardest part, of course. It like It's like New Year's resolutions, right? It's very easy to have an aspirational desire to do something and sometimes hard to activate it. It is interesting, though, you know, in the world of mental health, you've described something called acceptance and commitment therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Which there's a lot of interest in around this idea of, of recognizing your emotions but acting on your values anyway, right? So that you don't, instead of having your life be governed by emotions, uh, which really drive us most of the time, you put a little bit of a break mm-hmm. on that and you try to say, you know, what's really important in life to me and then make a commitment to behaviorally activate to, to do those things. And often doing it on a broad scale, like for your life in general, is just too overwhelming. It's certainly too overwhelming for me most days. So one of the things I actually started doing during the pandemic was a daily purpose statement. And what I really liked about this daily purpose statement exercise was it 
it broke it down into really specific things that I would do today to live on purpose. And what I found, interestingly enough, was that I was basically giving myself credit for a lot of the things that I would do anyway, but realizing that I was doing them in keeping with my values and realizing that they were purposeful made me feel so much better. So for example, just cooking dinner for the family and making a meal that the kids really liked, well, that's purposeful. And actually using my values, uh, it's in keeping with my values, it was using my skills and my creativity in keeping with my values to positively impact my children, who I care about a lot, right? So th all those things came together. And so yes, I would have gotten dinner on the table one way or the other, but the fact that I was doing it and giving myself credit for it as a purposeful act elevated it and made me feel much better. So I, I kind of have been using a purpose statement as almost a, an, an elevated to-do list that, uh, that really pairs that how and the why. And so breaking, so, I, you know, we're coming near the end of our time. So one of the final things I was going to ask you about, you know, what's practical advice for people who are looking to increase their sense of purpose? Uh, we're talking about it, mm -hmm. right? But it sounds like one of them is, so, so, you know, a lot of times, and, and, you know, I've also, you know, utilized these purpose statements in classes. And, you know, where I sometimes think that they go south is, you know, because, you know, because in, there's these gifts, you know, I'm going to save the world, I'm going to save humanity. And, and, you know, they're they're sort of floating up there in the sky. It mm -hmm. sounds like what you're saying is that one of the ways to activate purpose in one's life is to make it concrete, but also break it down into smaller chunks. Am I understanding that right? Absolutely. It is about breaking it down into smaller chunks. And, you know, the research finds that when anytime you take a small step toward your goal, it's actually boosting self-efficacy. So anytime you can you know, eat the elephant one bite at a time, so to speak, right? You are going to be able to get that much closer to living in keeping with your values and seeing that larger purpose. So on my website on christinewheelan.com, I have free downloadable purpose statement exercises that you can adapt any way you see fit. So you can download the free PDF and you can edit it to be your very own and post it somewhere where you can see, hold yourself accountable, share it with people, and uh, and maybe even come up with a family purpose statement. You can do a purpose statement for roommates. You can do a, a financial purpose statement. Um, I've, I've worked with people to do those kinds of purpose statements. So really figuring out how to use your gifts and keeping with your values to make a positive impact, acknowledging the fears and anxieties that come along the way, and then taking specific measurable steps to make it happen. That's living with a purpose mindset. Yeah, that's awesome. And we'll we'll uh, we'll put that uh, link to the website uh, on our website so people can see it. Thank you so much. Uh, it's such an interesting area, and this this idea that that goals begin to separate from purpose around a, a more pro-social, outward-looking uh, sort of stance is so consistent with so much research, and and it's just it's it's just fascinating in so many ways. So thank you. It was great talking. Great chat. Thanks for having me on. Health is everything. Thank you for listening to Health is Everything. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe or share it with a friend or rate it on Apple Podcasts. You can visit us at exploringhealth.org and follow the Emory University Center for the Study of Human Health at CSHH or at Exploring Health, that's all one word, Exploring Health on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
Until next time, I'm Dr. Charles Raison, wishing you the best of health until we meet again. Health is everything. La salud lo es todo. Health is everything. Health is everything. La santé est tout. Stroke est tout. Afianiki la Health is everything.